Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Finjay Henson o'clock. Yo, how's it going? <laughs> Welcome to Finjay Henson o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going good. Yeah, thank you. How is your week going? It's going great. Um, I'm off to a, a my partner's cousin's birthday party tomorrow. Oh, walk with. Nice. Yeah, it should be a blast. What did you get them? Um, I don't know. I wasn't in charge of that. Oh. Yeah. It's a surprise for everybody it's a surprise involved. surprise for everybody involved, but I'm sure that I put lots of effort into it and thought. Probably a, a vape. No, <laughs> <laughs> say that's maybe. <laughs> um, let's okay. talk music. Um, what have you got for us this week? We're starting out punk. Okay. Yeah, this is all the way from Nagoya, Japan. Mm -hmm. It's a band called Milk. Not to be mistaken for the project of Auckland's dearly beloved, dearly departed Reuben Winter. Mm -hmm. This Milk is from Nagoya. And that city has got a long storied history of punk, hardcore punk. And um, I guess the thing I like about Milk, this band, this song I'm going to feature is called Out Punk. It is less than two minutes long. Mm. It's it is clean. a short song, yeah. Yeah. I One like minute the, 23, I see, yeah. One minute 23. Gee. It'll fly by. Japanese, J- Japan and punk is a thing, right? Yeah. Unsanitary Napkin from uh, Wellington, yeah. my friends, they just went over to Japan and they illustrated how much of a punk uh, place it is. It's very DIY. It's, it's cool. I think, I think Japan, from an outside perspective, and I've been there a couple of times, it's a place of dualities. In what way? Well, I think maybe a punk scene thrives in a place that, like, where the dominant culture is quite regimented, maybe? Mm. Perchance. Right, okay. Like, England, England yeah. a little bit stuffy sometimes. I English see what you punk, mean. Very iconic. You have to have something to musically rebel against. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's lots of, I mean, yeah, I feel like I've featured, the punk I've featured over the years on this show has been quite uh, Japan-focused. Um, if I think of any band names, I don't know if Chai counts, but yeah. There's, they're a dime a dozen in a very good way. And this this one, like, I think the thing I like about it is the cleanliness of it. Mm. Like, if you... I think one way to bring energy to a song is distortion. Mm. And that doesn't require any more calories when you're playing. Um, but these guys, no distorted guitars or anything. And that kind of, like, you really have to bring... You have to put your core into it, I think, when you're playing. Mm. Yeah. And so, on top of just the catchiness, it's kind of impressive from that standpoint as well. Cool. Let's listen to it. This is Out Punk by Milk. Oh, this is the 
RNZ National, it's Out Funk by Milk. Now, just a, a wee look behind the curtain here. Here in the studio in Auckland, we have um, uh, we can see a, a TV um, which beams into uh, one of the studios in Wellington, and Todd Zayner was absolutely grooving out to that song. He was playing the eardrums, he was bopping up and down in his Hawaiian shirt. It was mm. absolutely mm. glorious. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the music video to Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. But it looked like Todd himself was strapped into that baby bouncer. Yeah. I think Todd actually, we, we, we heard Todd having a giggle there. Todd, you, you enjoyed that, did you? I love that sort of music. Yeah, that's really my genre. And because of the fact it's only, what, a minute 23 or so, you know, it doesn't take long, really. Yeah. You know, uh, I enjoy that. I can't dance to save myself. It's more just sort of moving around like stubbing out a cigarette type <laughs> thing out, yeah. out in bare feet. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed that. That really brightened up my evening. Yeah, it was very dance like nobody's watching, but I feel like, you know, you know that there's a window in here, so thank you for that. I forgot. I thank you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next artist that you are going to be talking about also has an RNC connection. That's right, and we shall get to that. Oh, okay, we've got something to talk about first, do we? Well, no, I just wrote the band members in a different order. Right, okay. Let's start with it. Geordie, Geordie Jordan Edwards himself. Geordie Edwards, yeah. And um, he's uh, he's our much beloved, I guess you'd call him sound engineer, uh-huh. down in Wellington. Yeah. Has engineered me multiple times. We love Geordie. Yeah. Has done friends to me multiple yep. times as well. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely Geordie. Mm-hmm. And I will start with him. He brings a lot of vulnerability to this song. His band, The Band, is called EUG. And they just released an album, United by Love. I'm featuring The Body as an Orchestra, which is the final track. It was actually their first single they released last month. But you know when you listen to an album, you're like, you know what, I'm going to go with the lead single anyway. That's me. Mm. And um, yeah, there's sort of like a big Wellington all-star lineup with this. We've got Laura Robinson, who plays drums in this, also plays in Soft Plastics. I think used to play in a band called NZ On Air. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got Lucas Donnell from Goya, which Fraser Charlton also played in. It's a very, very Wellington sort of uh, lovely whanau mm-hmm. going on here. And yeah, just some of the things Jordy says, and he doesn't embellish those things with like big vocal chops. Uh, it's just very emotional and vulnerable. Mm. Um, he says, I can't hold your hand. I will fall right through you. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, the orchestra's in tune now that I've given up. I just think some of the lyrics in the song, are, they point in quite a poignant direction. Yeah. yeah. Wordsmith Geordie Edwards. Yeah. As yeah. well as being a sonic smith, yeah. a, a, a toucher of the dials. It's such an interesting guy. I love him the first joint. We, we love him, yeah. And yeah, um, I just think yeah, everything about this song kind of... um. Yeah, it brings it. that There's the point at the start where the vocals, the bass, and the guitar are kind of, one is playing half a beat early, mm. one is playing in the middle, one's playing like half a beat late. Probably not technically, but it feels like that. Mm. And it's off kilter, but it's like really, really good off kilter. Let's hear it. This is by EUG, is that how you pronounce it? EUG, yeah. EUG, and the song is The Bodies and Orchestra. <laughs> Beneath these trees, all of this noise and space 
National. It's uh, The Body is an Orchestra by EUG. Everybody Under God? Is that what it is? Everybody United by Love, Gentle Tidings? Extra utero gestation? I've heard a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Text us your suggestions for what EUG stands for. It's like the number player game. <laughs> it is. It's like the number. Someone texted through uh, to say, I love punk, but you do realise that punk was an advertising gimmick created by Malcolm McLaren for Vivian Westwood to sell fashion, don't you? Boom, schooled. Also, thanks for thanks for letting us in on the um, on the history. On the, I don't doubt it for a second. The we were saying theory. Yeah, I'm like punk as like a term. I'm sure that you know can be commodified and has. Yeah, 
Obviously. Well, it becomes like things are punk until punk becomes cool, and then they just become cool, right? Yeah. And other people want them. Yeah. So I guess anything that's like kind of punk these days, maybe is being punk under a different name. What do you call it? Counterculture. Counterculture. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Um, the thing about Milk before that that everybody was talking about um, was how they went back to sort of like the sonic simplicity of punk. But I, yeah, it would be interesting to see what actually being punk musically means in 2017 it's probably being a soundcloud rapper mm. being punk <laughs> that is a really interesting and tagging yeah do you think so or like text i reckon that's a good text in text yeah. in if you can give us like um what's punk in 2024 yeah what's the equivalent of punk in 2024 because i was gonna say like being a classical composer or jazz or something like that but i, I don't think that that's true though that, that's not i reckon you could do punk uh, jazz in a punk paradigm yeah. or like classical but yeah. maybe your majorities like the next band that we're featuring i would i would hesitate to call them punk or maybe it's the vivian westwood type punk right and this is very establishment okay but then again like this is a talking heads cover and talking heads back in the day back at cbgb's or whatever maybe they never played the well, you know I mean, what i mean like that was a bit yeah. more it's like um you can you be punk if you're successful because the next band is is a successful band well if you define success by like raking it in then yeah. maybe not yeah do you not yeah i don't know <laughs> it's one for the philosophers maybe yeah yeah we'll leave it to the philosophers we'll leave it to the text philosophers eh? we will yeah text us in what do you think um constitutes punk in 2024 anyway yeah, interesting text thank you the song is uh by a band called paramore who will yeah. be familiar to a lot of people might be the first time featured on RNZ. I gave it a Google. I Google Paramore RNZ. And no, it hadn't been on there before. Because I'm always yeah. Because I'm always looking for the double ups. Yeah, trying to true. be unique. Yeah. And um, yeah. As far as my Google went. So tell us about Paramore. Paramore. Um, they've been around for 20 years now. They were kind of a 2000s pop punk, like kind of. I guess I never knew them until recently in terms of listening to them. Um, maybe around the time like My Chemical Romance and stuff were big. Yeah. Mid 2000s and now. They're entering a new era. This is like classic tale of, I guess, the way that studios and contracts were really like quite predatory mm. in the past and maybe they're changing for the better, especially when it comes to young people because Hayley Williams was like the main, is the main front person yeah. of Paramore. She signed a 20-year, eight-studio album contract. Wow, I don't even know they Atlanta. have those anymore. Well, this was 20 years ago. They're yeah. just out of it. Right. So they just released their eighth album from it. And there's been a lot of, like, I guess maybe, like, there's a lot of discourse around artist rights mm-hmm. and music, like Taylor Swift is talking yeah. about buying back her discogs and stuff or, like, her masters or making Well, she re-recorded own, them, Re-recorded right? them, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's good that all this conversation's happening. But, um, yeah, imagine being, like, 15. I think Hayley Williams was 15 and... Her parents, I suppose, her guardians, signed this contract. And it's a 360 deal. I don't want to get too boring with the No, no, no. I'm fascinated stuff. by this. No, no, no. But what a 360 that deal means that, that Atlantic, in this case, gets a cut of your touring, gets a cut of any extracurriculars, like if you write a Paramore book, I suppose. Wow. It's way more involved than, say, your normal record contract, which I imagine is just they advance you some money for a record. So why why would an artist sign a contract like this, apart from being really young and excited at the idea of a studio taking interest in you? Well, that's it, I, I guess. Like, it's, it's so one-sided because yeah. you're a drop in the ocean. There's probably thousands, like Hayley Williams, I saw her last year, I saw Paramore, mm. and not as a fan, but I loved it. I mean, like, one in a million, but, like, if you're a one in a million performer, there's still thousands of you out there, right? Mm. Mm. So I guess it's the scarce the 
the opposite of the scarcity. They sort of like bend your, twist your arm into it. And they don't even have to like capitalize on it. Like you hear um, artists who sign deals and then get put on the back burner. Mm. I don't know. It kind of stresses me out to think about it, to be honest. Is that a thing that many musicians that you know have had to um, think about or, or make decisions around, you know, the old um, paradigm of you do what you really like to do and hopefully some people buy enough of that stuff to keep the wolves from the door versus you commercial you know the whole la la land thing you commercialize yourself or you go into composing music for music libraries or whatever and, and you and you make a more solid living but maybe you're not fulfilling your artistic god i gotta say i'm sure those conversations have happened a lot with people i know but they've never happened with me really nah i feel like we grew up or maybe it's just um Maybe it's just an opportunity thing. I've never been in the sort of scenes where there's been big label record deals coming, but we've we grew up in a time where you could band camp your stuff. You could uh, you could make a DIY sort of artistic life for yourself, and maybe I've had more of those conversations. So it'd be super interesting to be a fly on the wall for those. It would be, yeah. yeah. Someone writes, "Punk can only be a response to Thatcherite you to the Thatcherite United Kingdom." Oh right, so like that idea would be punk as a microcosm of British uh, culture. Yeah. At that point well, in time. I mean, that's interesting. It's obviously been used for lots of other things. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah, what would you say, what would you call a counterculture piece of art that was like punk, that seemed punk but wasn't from that era then, you know? Maybe one, again, for the philosophers there. Yeah. Mm. I feel you. Someone else writes, the band Dwarves is punk. Oh, cool. Do, do you know, does that ring any bells? It rings a bell, but I nah, no. wouldn't be able to tell you. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying all this, uh, all this schooling. Yeah, from, punk, from the tech. punk definitions. Someone else writes, punk has such a wide genre, is such a wide genre now, anything goes. I measure it against the Bronx from LA. What a band. That's from Brian. Oh, I better get my notes out. The Bronx got from the Bronx, LA. they got the Dwarves. Well, I, so I remember getting an album in 2000, and when was it? It would have been about 2004, called American Idiot by Green Day. Oh, that's so I, that's such an interesting... Yeah, yeah. so I would have been 13 years old at the time and, like, just developing, just sort of starting to develop my own taste in music. Yeah. And I remember going down to Dunedin to visit my auntie Jody, and I was like, this is Green Day. They're a punk band. Yeah. And she said, that's not a punk band. Did she, t- did she RNZ text to you? And she, and she, <laughs> she <laughs> said, that's not a punk band. And she went over to her CD collection and she took out London Calling by The Clash and she was like, mm. that's a punk band. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But, Far out. Yeah, different things to different people, like you're saying. Yeah, because it's like um, Scar, right? Mm. You could easily say, that's not a Scar band and pull out something from the 60s or mm. the 70s. Mm. But it's like there's eras. If you're just purely talking music, there's pop punk from the 90s. Mm. And that's not... I mean, Green Day, far out, American Idiot, right? Pop, such a, great, such great a, album. like, lifty political record, yeah, but right. so bougie all the same and, totally. like, so commodity. Because they're rich by then. They're rich yeah. by then. Yeah. But then you, look, you open the... Because I, I was, like, my second album I ever got was American Idiot. Yeah. And you open up the thing and all the lyrics are in, like, hand scroll graffiti. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's very of the aesthetic, yeah. And sort of almost self-referential, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, mm. We are almost running out of time to play the Paramore song. Tell Ooh. us, let, let's, let's, let's tell us about it in 15 yep. seconds. A24 just re-released Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads concert film, and now they're doing a cover album.
it's got Lord on it. It's got a bunch of other artists, each artist doing a different song from that album. Paramore just released the first one, and it is like, listen to them both back to back. It's so exciting to hear at least how music production has come along. It's Burning so, Down a House by Paramore. Thanks, Van Johansson. You're welcome. Thank you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. 
To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.